This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. second time on my podcast and I feel like now wow like you you are such a special individual and I know you probably know this about yourself because you're so intentional but the way that you have made your choices the way that you have your confidence the way that you write your life the way that you live your life, the way that you are putting art into the world and creating opportunities for other women with your record label and publishing company, Songs and Daughters, um, just the songs that you write. And it's just, this is, it's just so cool to see you as this fully blossomed woman. And I love this album, this EP that you've just created. Your first, your first album, Firstborn, was amazing. I feel like that was such an introspective look at you as a person and what made you and all the questions that you're grappling with in life. And now, like Second Wife, the surprise EP that you just are dropping out of the blue for all of us, <laughs> which is so exciting. It's just like, it's so good. Michael and I were listening to it last night and I was like, damn, we were like, oh. 
this is just so good. I'm like, you are truly, I, I feel like you're like a Patty Griffin, Lori McKenna, like you, but you're like an artist, but you're a songwriter. You're like everything. You're like one of those unicorns that you're just mm. all of it. And you're just so good. It's so well done. It's so thoughtful. You're asking such big questions and you're answering them. So simply like simply like Tom Petty would, but it's so profound. You're just great, Nicole. I mean, truly like you are such a gift. I'm so glad we're recording this because I can go back and listen to this, this intro monologue that you just did every morning to like, just let me pump you my up. coffee, like five affirmation. affirmation for the oh, thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. I mean, I feel, I feel so, um, I feel in some ways like really proud to, to hear you say all of those kind things, but then also like tired. Cause I'm like, Gosh, I've been working for a long time and growing up for a long time in the business and, you know, um, grinding it out and trying to continually evolve, not even trying to, it's just like part, it's like natural for me to evolve, but evolution always comes with like work and change and and all of that. And so then when to hear you like say all of that, I just kind of feel like I see like 20 years in Nashville, just like kind of takes my breath away a little bit. Well, you didn't casually grow up, you know, like some people get to get into their life and they just kind of like fumble through it and they kind of get drunk a lot or they're going through some trauma and they get lost in all their, their emotions and they just like figure it out. They like bump into walls and figure it out. You have focused and like that Your was your word for this year was focused. But like you, I, when I think about you and I've always thought this way about you, because I feel like I've known you now for have I I've known you most of your time in Nashville if not all of it maybe like we yeah, met long time. back in the day day like day day I don't even remember yeah. when we met but it was like back in the day when it was just everybody was just now it was we were the new class you know everyone was just coming to Nashville fresh out of being a teenager into the big world of the dreams and but you are focused and you have always had this determination and this confidence and this ability to just do what you came here to do. Like not everyone has the confidence just to do what they came here to do. And listening to your album, Second Wife, the one that like got me, well, all of them got me, but like Rooms, that one was just Mm -hmm. so powerful because like even dating Rodney, your husband, you were 23, you're his second, he had already been married, had kids before, hit songwriter, huge, huge presence in Nashville. And like, just seeing that perspective, it took me back to like the beginning days of like coming into Nashville and all those feelings of everyone looking at you and judging you and talking about you because you're 23 dating this older man who's already been married, who's already successful. Who are you? You know, everyone's got their thoughts about you. And now look at who you are. You know, it's almost oh, like, thank you. look at who you are. Like that song started off at the beginning. Everyone like, coming at you, you know, the, what'd you say? Like the side eye or the rolling of the eyes and like, Oh my God, who is this 23 year old? But now it's like, look at, look at the love story y'all built. You know, it's like, it's so cool. It's just such a cool evolution to see who you have become. Thank you. That was what was so fun. I think about the process of making second wife was that we, um, we just spent time like the two of us sitting on a couch at our farm, just like talking through really it's like the first time we'd ever like put a mirror on our relationship you know firstborn was like the first time that 
I had ever taken that mirror up to my own face and said, okay, what do you want to say? What do you want to create and put out into the world? And so then when we put that mirror up to us as a couple, um, it just started a lot of conversations. And one of, um, you know, the conversations that came up where rooms is concerned is um, we were just talking through, well, we were playing this, you know, that game, we're not really strangers, that card game. It's like, it's basically like a get to know somebody game. It's not even a game you win. You just like ask people questions and they have to answer them. And it's a way to connect. And so we were just like, drinking playing that game the two of us and there, whatever the card was I don't remember the question but the answer to it was me saying well that time at the BMI awards and I told him like I was and he was like what do you mean and I, I told him I explained like kind of how it felt going to BMI awards for the first few years and stuff and I remember him saying like well you've yeah, wow I didn't really know that at the time and so at that point, it's like whatever comes of like second wife, the project doesn't, it's like pales in comparison to like us getting to have that process together of like rehashing and like looking back through all of these years. Um, but Rooms was really like the muse for Rooms was BMI Awards because we talked through how differently it has felt over the last, I don't know, we've been going to BMI Awards for maybe like 17 or 18 years now together and how differently it's felt through the years, like going like me. Okay. Yeah. Give me, like, give me the, for everyone listening, for, the BMI awards are where songwriters like hit songwriters are honored for their songs. So like the songs that are the biggest songs of the year, all the artists, all the writers get in a room and you get awards for it. So it's a really big, like who's who of the industry event. So you started going when you were 23 with Rodney, when he was the big yeah, songwriter, but you maybe, hadn't had yeah, anything maybe. yet. Yeah, I hadn't had anything yet. And I, I remembered like, you know, I would be like, oh, this is Rodney's wife, which, I, you know, or Rodney's fiance or whatever. And I was so proud to be that. But, you know, it also was who is she a little bit or, you know, that room is such a it's such a hard ticket to get to get into the BMI awards. So if you're there and someone does it, you know, doesn't know who you are, it's kind of like, well, how did they get in here? Oh, well, she's with Rodney. Uh, and then yeah. over the years, and it was never, everyone was always kind to me. I'm not trying to play a victim at all. Like it was just, we, we got to like observe over the years, how that energy shifted and like how our posture changed, how my posture changed confidence wise into like, now he's writer of the year and I'm winning my first BMI award and now I'm a BMI award winner and then like we're both winning a bunch and then like I'm winning some but he just he's not even there that year you know and so then I'm one writer and so it's just dang y'all are powerhouses that 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 event was almost like a benchmark for where our careers and our personal lives have gone to just like and to me if you judge it by like what's going on internally rooms is special to me because I have gotten to outgrow. I, you know, I didn't get stuck in that kind of meek, uh, you know, insecure era, you know, that I was in maybe when I was 22 or 23. Um, I just kept my head held high, whether I was confident deep down or not, and just continued to walk forward and, you know, last year I went to the BMI awards by myself and 
won a bunch of awards by myself. And I just, I was like, wow, I'm not even walking in here with him anymore. It's, um, then the only reason he didn't go is because he was deer hunting and I wanted him to be there, but I thought, oh, the irony, you know, that we've gotten to this point. So yeah, Isn't that's what rooms is crazy? about. Isn't that crazy? Did you think that, 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 tension of walking into those rooms especially in the beginning and how you started the song off do you feel like that pushed you even harder to focus harder like did you want to prove even more that like yes you're proud to be with him but like y'all just mm-hmm. wait because like I got it I got so much in here that is about to come out like was that did that push that even more yeah for sure I remember in the early years um before people Maybe when people only knew about us, but didn't know us personally. I remember Rodney, who's very, um, a man of few words. Um, he was just like, well, we just bet on ourselves. And so we bet on ourselves and um, time always tells who people are. And um, so I think there is so, there's so much just like content, contentment now in knowing like we continue to bet on ourselves and each other over all of the years. Um, and, and now we get to see the fruit of that, you know, and, and which the fruit of that for us is just peace. And then like being ourselves. And obviously we have these incredible kids and, and this life and Kansas and all of this stuff now, but it was really like him saying that was a lot more about like, wait, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. What do we think? that's what we live with and that's who we're married to is who we know. So we just can't continue to bet on each other. And, and we still do. I mean, I think even in these recent life decisions that we've made um, relocating to Kansas, we weren't looking to anybody else. We look to each other and we go, okay, what, okay. Who, what do we, what do we want to bet on? You know, we only have so many days in this life and I would gamble those days on this. So um, I think we've just always been pretty confident in our relationship with each other and trust each other so much that it's almost confusing sometimes to other people. (laughs) Well, I feel like y'all kind of started your relationship off on betting on yourself because even just going back to, and I love the grain, that one's so good. I feel like that is such Mm -hmm. a great song describing your relationship, but even starting off in the beginning, you being younger, the second wife, all of this, like, it's like everyone else was kind of betting against you or like placing wages. Like, is it going to work out? She's just young. He's already been married. You know, all the things people like to do. People just love to talk. People love to talk. And y'all are, y'all been a good story since the start, you know? And, (laughs) (laughs) and I just feel like y'all immediately in the beginning, just blocked the noise. You know, y'all got strong real fast. You knew from the beginning that this was, this was it. And I love that you put that into a song form in the grain. Kind of tell me about the grain because that mm-hmm. one's such a, I feel that way about Michael and I too. It's like, we're not, we're not a pretty Christmas paper, but we are a great love story, you know, but it's like, it's not, it's, it's so great the way, of course, two perfect songwriters wrote this perfect love song. So tell me about the grain. Oh, well, I'm like, I'm kind of a title whore. I just get like really stuck if I have a title and I don't even know what it is. I just am like almost bullheaded about it. Like we have, I have to figure out a way to write this title because there's something about the essence of the title that like I connect with. And the grain 
was probably one of the first titles that I came up with for Second Life. And it was, it really came from like Rodney's previous life as a farmer. God, he was a farmer and a coach in Texas, right? Yes. So I was, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's, his second act he's already lived his second act he's like on his fourth act you know it's it's just wild but (laughs) no he's like the most chill human ever he's so happy she's not tired so easy all the energy he's He's so (laughs) no he and somehow he just keeps getting younger i don't know um but he with him the grain came from like an ode to midwest you know growing from me like growing up like you know wheat fields all around and him being a farmer and then also like the tie-in of just us maybe not being the obvious you know the status quo and I think that like our relationship gave me so much empathy and understanding for other people and their relationships because before before Rodney everything in my life kind of made sense on paper and he was the thing that like was a bit of a curveball like for people in my family or friends are like oh did not see this coming um but now so many years later everyone's like now i mean it makes completely perfect sense and so that's what the grain is about is is just that just because it might come with some tension or um some challenges or it, it doesn't make sense to everybody else doesn't mean that it's not the right thing for you. If I've learned anything. If it's like perfect on paper is always like, it's not really per- like I, nothing is perfect on paper. You know, it's like when you get to those places where you have the decision in your heart to take the jump and it's what you're supposed to do and no, it always feels like everyone else thinks it's not the right thing to do because when you take these big risks, most people are scared of really big risks. They're always thinking of the things that can go wrong because of course a million things can go wrong, but also a million things can go wrong when it looks perfect on paper too. So it's like at the end of the day, it all comes back to you and like trusting Mm -hmm. yourself, which I feel. And now seeing your life play out over these years, you are someone who has just always known your North star. Like, I don't know how you've had that kind of confidence. Like you have known what is right for you and you have done what is right for you, especially like as a woman, like you have put yourself out there in big ways, Mm -hmm. always like you're not scared to do what you want to do. How have you known? (laughs) How have you known what you wanted to do so clearly? Oh, goodness. No, I, what a lot of things. I think a lot of, I think I have a really strong relationship with myself. Um, Did that stem from your upbringing? Yeah, I think so. I think I've always, like when I was a kid, I was, I wasn't super loud. I was like more of like a quiet leader, just like in the corner doing my work, figuring out what I just quietly like wanted, what I wanted to do. And I think that that's something that I think you learn it at a young age. Like nobody told me to play piano. No one told me to move to Nashville. No one told me to start a record. But you know, it's like all those things were just like, actually Seth England did tell me to start a record label. Um, but most of the the things that I, like the biggest, most important things in my life, like came from right here. 
And you know um, how to listen and follow that though. Like that's the big difference It's like you feel it and you know how to listen and follow it. Yeah. I think it's just staying connected to yourself. And for me, like on a spiritual level, the more I'm connected to myself, the more I'm connected to the creative swirl that is happening um, above us, within us, um, higher power, God, you know, all of that to me is like, is if, if I can stay connected to me, then I'm tapping into all of that too. So it's not that I'm taking credit for knowing what any of this stuff is. It's more just like tapping into something bigger than me, honestly, that's guiding me. Um, and that's, I think what gives me the confidence to just put myself out there. Um, and I'd be lying if I said that sometimes I don't feel vulnerable, like of like maybe what other people might think about it. But I, when you assess the risk of, well, do I want to never know what it feels like to try this? Or do I maybe want to put myself out there and have some people have opinions about it like this it's i'd always rather just like put myself out there um because ultimately i just confidence you just have confidence you've always had or i'm or i'm crazy (laughs) maybe i'm just crazy i don't know (laughs) but even starting back in the beginning i mean i remember when like you and ray lynn y'all were both on the voice together like you made it to the finals (laughs) and we're like singing on the voice i mean you were putting yourself out there You've, you've just gone for it forever. Well, I think like being scared is just the beginning, you know, Mm. like being brave, like being brave is the next thing. It's not, you don't get stuck and scared. You like, you pass through it and you, some, you know, you, something makes you scared because it's kind of like a nerve, you hit a nerve and you're like, Ooh, is that something like hitting your hand on the stove on a hot stove it's like it's a nerve it's like ooh, is that hot because I need to go toward that or is that hot because it might burn me and I think when I get scared of something it just makes me pay it's more attention to it and go ooh, is that something I should be drawn toward because why do I even have a response to it like I'm very indifferent about the things that I shouldn't be doing you know um most but when you have a big I, feeling about something, that's a big sign for you. Yeah. I also just like, I just love making things. I'm a builder. I think I love making things. And um, whether it's like making a moment, like have, making a party for my kids or making merch or making a record or making a brand or a company or I don't know. I just making a list. <laughs> Good at that too. I just like making things. I'm a creative and I think if you're creative, you you create. And it's not that complicated. It doesn't and it always doesn't have to fit within an industry's box, you know? I think that's where sometimes people's eyes cross when they like see that I'm like doing another project they're like, "But what if it?" And I'm like, "But why not?" Like it's so fun to me. what leads you because i feel like you are not like i keep saying this in a million different words but i'm gonna say it again but like you're not scared to be great and i feel like a lot of people get afraid to be great i I feel like i've even i feel like i'm just now coming in to like accepting that i can be great at podcasting and interviewing it's taken me so long i've always struggled with like my worth and insecurity but like if you have, you haven't let that deter you from your greatness. Like you've known your greatness, you've been guided by it. Like you have a deep relationship with yourself. 
like you've been talking about earlier. But I feel like a lot of people don't believe that they can be great or they have like a feeling that they're great at something, but they're too scared because they don't have any proof in their life yet that they're worthy of it. And they have all these stories that they've accumulated in their life that have also given them proof that they're not worthy to be great. But you are never scared to be like, okay, I feel this. I'm going to do this and I'm going to be great at it. And then I'm just going to put it out there. I mean, that it's like, it's so nonchalant for you, but like, that is like a really hard, that's a hard ticket to put out there. Like people have a hard time standing in that. And I feel like that to me is like one of the greatest attribute attributes that you have is like, you like, aren't afraid to be great at stuff at something. Oh, well, that's kind of, I don't think of it in terms of being great because I don't really <laughs> even think of myself as great. It's more of like, be as authentic and go as big as possible as I can with the time I have, you know, okay. here. And, and sometimes like going in. And I also think like, I think I have a style where like, I'm not really looking for, I like to go about things quietly and make things quietly and then show them like to me, like making a record, like second wife or something was very, it's an inside job for me. It wasn't, I didn't go talk to anybody really about it. I was just like, I mean, obviously I talked to Rodney because he was part of it, but it was done before I really started showing it to people. You know, it's not, um, I like to be quiet and sacred and precious with the process because that's like the gift, the greatest gift that has come with success for me is that I can now do things from the most pure standpoint. I don't have my, my livelihood does not revolve around whether anyone ever listens to second wife or firstborn. To me, the success of it is that I can be as creative and have as much fun with the process as I can. And I don't live with that pressure or weight of this has to make money or I have to build business around it or any of that. So um, I think that sometimes can hit people like in a way where they're like, they feel the power. There's something powerful about not needing others validation to just go do what you're doing. And I, I think that that's a bit of my style is just like, go make it and then show it to the class. And, and, but I'm not really advertising that I'm doing it. I'm just kind of doing it. And, um, and I think a lot of people, if I'm honest, like need a lot of validation external along the way to get them to finish a project or to get them to give themselves permission to even do it or to have the confidence to like, hold their head high and show it to the world. And for me, I'm just like, gosh, imagine being 80 years old and this, these opportunities aren't on the table. You're not going to go make a record at 90 or, you know, like imagine like that's, I think where my bravery comes from is just the sense of urgency that you only get one shot to make the things, you know, in this life that you want. And I'm only going to be, you know, Ronnie and I are only going to be this age right now for a very short amount of time. So I don't, I'm like, there's a sense of urgency, but we got to do this now because I want when our kids watch these music videos or our grandkids, them to see us at this age. And I don't want to wait because on any idea I have, because there's another idea on the other side of that. And the longer I put off this idea, the longer I'm putting off all the other creative things that will come later. Um, if I don't oh, just true. get this out, put it out in the world. Like would I have ever gotten to, I would have never gotten a second wife had I not done firstborn and whatever's coming next. I wouldn't have gotten to songs and daughters had it not been for 
me doing random things along the way that led to that. And so it's just kind of like, hurry up and hurry up and be you as fast as you possibly can, I think is really the race. It's not to be successful. It's just to like, do you as much as you can do you. Um, Cause I just know like times of the essence. How do you know that? How have you known that? I don't know. I've always felt like when I was 21, I was like, when I got to college at Belmont, I was like, hit the ground running, like the clock's ticking. You have to hurry up. Yeah. You have and had that- such intensity <laughs> and focus on doing you like you've known. Well, now, now <clears throat> it's kind of flipped because now the sense of urgency for me is actually a lot more about my kids' childhoods. Like their childhoods are, it's like, hurry up and be as present as you can be for them. Um, Cause you really won't get that back. Um, so I'm not as in a hurry as I used to be. I'm more just like focused, I guess, to use the word on what are the few things that really will matter at the end of the year or at the end of five years. Um, if you only have a few things to show um, for it, what do you want those things to be? And so I'm pretty, pretty, you know, urgent about making sure that those get completed, but um I don't know. I'm entering into a new era. What is it? Well, you kind of knocked off a ton of big checklists, like 10 number one songs. You've won song of the year like twice, right? With Miranda Lambert, Automatic, and Tequila, Dan and Shay. Plus you've had a slew of number ones, hits, triple play awards, BMI songwriter of the year, right? Like all this stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. you started your own record label, championing championing women, Mm -hmm. being a champion for women songs and daughters I mean you kind of like crushed it (laughs) out there there's not really much more to like check off other than just keep keep accumulating more wonderful accolades but like you've literally you have done it so I love that you're in a new era where you're like wanting to be focused on your kid's childhood I think that is so admirable well you know you you know writing songs and being creative isn't purely about money for me, you know, but there does come a time where you have to have a why, like for me, I have to, you know, and I had a why for why I was gone a lot working when the kids were younger and why I was, um, well, for me, it was, I had goals and I had dreams and I had, I, I had things that I was, committed to for myself too. And, but once those have been achieved and those things are not done anymore, I still have other things. They just look different, but the why of like, it got to a point where just more wasn't more. It's like, why do I, I think I'm a very experiential person and like, I'm not saying I don't want to be songwriter of the year again, or wouldn't love, wouldn't be like thrilled and exhilarated to win song of the year again or any of that. Um, I really do hope that I get more moments like that. But if I looked at my kids and said, well, I'm going to always be gone for your childhood because I just want more. That's not a good enough why. Um, And I just feel like to whom much is given, much is required. And we've been given so much that I'm like, if I don't live my most authentic life and my life doesn't represent my values, then whose will, you know, mm, like, that's good. Because, because I've been given like all of the free passes now in life. 
I have true agency over my life. And um, without being judgy, I, I see a lot of other people that I've looked up to that like have the freedom to maybe go live a life that they dream of still, you know, and they're not giving themselves permission to. And I think I took note of that at a pretty young age in the music business that like some people continue to just never like get off the, I don't know, the hamster wheel assembly line. I don't know what you call it, but I just really, this was the, this new era is probably like me being like letting my curiosity guide me still. Like I've always been very curious, like, well, what happens if I do go on the voice? What happens if I do make a record? What happens if I do? I'm curious to find out what happens if I do start a record label. Just curious. I don't know. (laughs) Now I'm like, I'm curious about what it feels like and, and what my life can feel like when I wake up in Kansas and have time to make dinner for my kids. And, um, challenge myself I guess in a way to really lean on my identity outside of who I am in the music business that that really sparks my curiosity more than like I know what it feels like to win song of the year and it's amazing but I'm not as curious about it anymore so I'm not above it or below it I'm just like this feels like a new thing (laughs) You and know. y'all did a trial run with Kansas, right? Like you've lived here before. Yeah. You did it like you yeah. first off, you built a house here that you've just had to like split time with, right? For years. Yes, I had a sense. You like, had a, you knew six, it. it was six or seven years ago. I also think it's like everything. It's like we all know, really, we all know who we are and we all know what we want deep down. It's just remembering. Mm. And it's not new information. This isn't like, Plot twist. Nicole's always wanted to live in camp. I've always wanted to do this, but it, it just was allowing re- yourself to do it. Really feeling back the layers and getting to my core and being honest about what I really wanted. And the timing um, had yeah. to be right. Cause you had to knock yeah. off these, you had these things you had to knock off for yourself. And I am a firm believer in doing what your heart desires. Like you had big dreams that you needed to have, you know, hit the pavement in Nashville every day to accomplish them probably. And then you did it. And then the timing opened up too. Like you've trusted Mm -hmm. all of it. You've let the magic happen. Yeah. I also think we have a lot more power over our lives than people, than we get to realize like you can just do it. You can just figure it out and make it what you want it to be. Like, you know, you can just go build, you know, go. It's like, I felt like our life this year was like a Lego house that we had our life and it was made of Legos and we took all the pieces apart and then using all the same pieces, rebuilt the house. That. It's just like, it's just, it's not like we've left Nashville or we're not songwriters or like all that. Right. Bongs and Daughters is still like, it's better than it's ever been. It's just, I reframed the house a little bit. You know, the first floor of my house is family in Kansas and then built other things around it. Um, it had gotten to a point where it was like our family's life was built around my career. Like when we, like what league of football would Ford play in was based on well, when, what makes more sense for me? Am I gone on the weekends? Am I here? And I was just like, wait a minute. This, we got to restructure this. We got to go back to the drawing board a little bit because it's not about me anymore. Mm. It's about them. And um, they get to be 
the main characters in That's the story like for, for a while. Like, yeah, cause they won't. And look in 10 years, they're going to be, they, you know, I'll be the main character again because yeah. they'll be at college and they'll, you know, they'll pick up the phone every once in a while. But for right now, like they get to be main. Mm. I'm, I, I'm more of like the supporting, supporting actor in this story because at this point, and, and that's like, that's the new era. <laughs> it probably feels really good. Oh, it is. It's a relief. It's, um, it's amazing. Like when you give yourself what you really want and that you're just like, it's like, why do we wait so long to give ourselves what we want? Why do we, you know, look, we got to take care of business. You know, we have to pay our bills and we, you know, but I think we all really know what we really want deep down. We just don't always, we overcomplicate it. Yeah. So how did, what was the moment? Like, what was the moment where you're like, cause during COVID y'all moved to Sterling, lived there for a year. You got your kids mm-hmm. enrolled in the school and then you came back. I feel like you like built a dream house in Nashville. Did y'all sell that? Do you still have it? <laughs> we still have it. We, um, we won't be keeping it. I don't know. Um, I mean, it was like the dream house, right? Everything you ever wanted. It, just from pictures, it looks phenomenal. It's ideal <laughs> and everything. <laughs> it's very ideal. Hey, at least I you mean, built it, created it, lived in it, had it. It's like the curiosity. Like you said, now the curiosity is gone. You've been there, done that. Oh, the house is, the house is phenomenal and it is um, just an incredible piece of property and an incredible home. Um, we, I think in that house, like, we first of all we had to live in that house i think to have the peace that we have now because for the rest of my life i will like i will never scroll through instagram and see some incredible property and be like oh i wonder what it's like you know like, I, I know and i as amazing as it was to have that amazing house which we still own and i'm going to stay at next week it's not like it's gone but i know the things that you can't that a big house doesn't, Ooh. you can't replace. Tell me, you tell know, me, like tell me. I love this. This should be a song. I love this. I, I, I well, feel this sometimes with houses. Like you go into a beautiful house, but it's, tell me, I want to, I want to hear this. This is great. Well, like it was so ideal. Like we could all have our own space, right? So kids would come home from school. They would go up in their bedrooms and it was like, oh, we feel it's so great. But then I was like, wait, we come here for the summer and we're all on top of each other in this much smaller house and you almost can't get away from each other. And I don't know, we, you can just feel the connection in that. Um, and I, and you know, like you can't put a wheat field in a house. You can't put a dirt road in a house. You can't put the kids ability to ride their bikes to school and have like neighborhood friends just riding up all the time you know like our you know it was a bit of like castle-esque being in like a big fancy house that like everybody was like oh it's amazing the house is amazing but what about the life you know it's it's like what is where are we getting we get more life I think here and um you know it's like as I've had you know as my life has grown and we've built we just continue to build and it just continued to turn into more and more and more and more houses and more things. And I'm so grateful. Like that's not a complaint, but really like at the end of the day, 
all that stuff's just material. Like there's nothing like watching your child run through the sprinkler in a swimsuit and with all their friends right outside your kitchen window. And we didn't have that up there. That wasn't the kind of neighborhood we lived in. That wasn't um, the light, you know, we had a gate at our house. <laughs> like I'm like, I would just like to focus on what is simple and what is true. And look, I've written all these songs for all these years about small town life and family and values and being a mom. And I was eventually like, I'll be the first to say, like, I had to call a little bullshit on myself and go like, but are you living that life? You could, you know, you're like, you know, dressed up, going fancy places, stressed out of your mind half the time, you know, going to, it looks, it really looks cool on Instagram, but you know, what I valued and what I was doing, like, weren't always matching up. And I feel like they are right now. That's that and that's why you keep saying you have peace that is peace is when you are truly in alignment with your heart's desires which i feel like all of it has been for you honestly like you probably wouldn't change any of the journey i wouldn't think looking back on it no 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 it's like all you know it's an arc and it's all seasons and nothing's forever too you know it's like we might not live here forever but this is like the right thing for this was the next right thing and um and this town actually was called Peace. Like it was originally named Peace, Kansas, which is wild. Why do um, you love it so much? Tell me why you love this town. Because I feel like a lot of people love their hometowns, but like you like love your hometown. Like you like love it. Mm. It's like sacred. And a lot of your family lives there. Your cousins live there, like siblings live here too. Mm -hmm. Like who all yes. lives here? And tell me why you love it. And tell me what your days are like now. <laughs> um well my date oh that's such a okay those are two questions why i love it um on a big picture this sounds like all woo woo but i swear this place is anointed it is the most peaceful like plot of land i, I something just happens to me my like on a cellular level when i pull into the city limits um i i love that i'm near family I love that. You live um, like next door to your mom? We live like 15 feet away from my mom and dad, um, which everyone's always like, how? And I'm like, this works. I don't but know. You and you love I, being with your parents. I do. We have boundaries. Like we have these like little systems. Like, like my mom like just doesn't, she just locks the back door. And that's just her way of saying like, nobody come over, you know, and I'll lock my side door. And it's like not rude. We just like have a boundary with each other. It's really, Which is it's so really healthy. Cute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have brothers and nieces and nephews. And like, I grew up with like 50 cousins here and a lot of them don't live here anymore, but they come back all the time. And three of my grandparents are still alive. And wow. um, so um, I think there's also um, such a sense of I think we're giving our kids a gift in the sense that they know where we came from because I'm the older I get, I really latch on and want to know more and more about where my parents came from because it just start as you peel back the layers on who you are. It, a lot of it goes back in generations. And I think like my kids are getting to be here with three great grandparents, two great, two grandparents, cousins. Um, and I also think there's like very much like a, like a village mentality of like, 
for my kids, especially like to just, you know, we all have that need to be like seen and understood and known and everywhere they go, they're seen and known and they see and know others everywhere they go. And they go to school with the same people that they, you know, be at the grocery store that they play sports with, that they go to church with. And just like, that just gets, um, it just really like makes, I think it brings like a deep sense of belonging. And that was what my experience was um, here. And there's no, everything here is, you know, is very family oriented and community. You have a true sense of community. And that was something that like my sense of community in Nashville was like the music business which was amazing. I love our music business community, but in terms of like, that doesn't apply to my kids. They're not growing up in the music business community. Like they, I wanted to give them their own community to grow up in. Um, so that's, Do they know, love there's, I could go, I could go on and on, but um, they, yes, they love it. My son said, you're, so you're telling me all my dreams are coming true. When we told him we were moving here, you know. So he always wanted to live there? Probably. And I I really believe in what you name things. Like there is something to what you name things. And his middle name is Sterling. Mm. So I think he probably feels extra connected to being in a town that's full of Ford trucks and says Sterling everywhere you go. So, you know, he probably feels <laughs> How and how was Rodney? Was Rodney just along for the ride? Like he's like cool. Like I don't need to live in Nashville. Like I've already written so many number ones. I've done it all. Like what is he just? What's his vibe? Oh well, he you know he got to raise his older children's childhood. They were raised in small town just like this when he was farming, and so it's kind of like a full circle, almost like a completion of that cycle. Um, I think for him as a dad, but as a person, I just think our values are like, that's ultimately like the first time we ever had a conversation, you know, to bring it back to second wife, but is like the first time we ever had a conversation, we just couldn't stop talking. And we were talking about hometown and like what happens at the fellowship hall at the church. And the fact that he even knew what a fellowship hall was, was like, Oh, you're my people. Like immediately felt that way that he was my people. Like I didn't, I knew he was my people. And then I figured out he's my person. Mm. And he, you know, I remember being speaking to that knowing, like I've had a lot of time to think about this this year. Cause we made this record. We, it was finished in April and I knew I wanted to put it out in the fall on our anniversary. So I've just lived with the music for a while this summer, especially over the summer where I have lots of time to think. And I remember being like Charlie's age, like 10 years old and having this knowing almost like a fear of like, well, if I, I knew I was going to leave, I didn't know what for, but I knew I would leave my hometown. And I remember being afraid that I would never meet somebody that would want that would like appreciate where I came from. And like, then as I got older into high school, I really knew I was leaving. And I just, I started imagining like going to the big city and like meeting city guys and then bringing them home here and then being like sticking their nose up and being like, what is this? And so I must have like manifested or just had a deep knowing that that was a really high, like, on the value system for me. And I, the, I mean, it's so real because he loves it here more than I do. So I Does guess he hang I, out with all the fans. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's, I mean, we're going to my, you know, my nephew's soccer game tonight. You know, we go to the high school football games. He knows all the neighbors. He knows everybody here. Um, and it's been fun over the years to have people like kind of adopt him into Sterling too. He's going to be like president of the PTO before you know it. Well, he is coaching a flag football team, so he's, well, he's, a, uh, he's a football you know, coach, right? Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah. I mean, he. What if he starts he was coaching at the high school? <laughs> oh man, can you imagine? I feel like you're spending a he lot of time. Coach. I feel like you're spending a lot of time at football stadiums. Like I see a lot of your pictures, and you're like on the track at a mm-hmm. football stadium. Like I feel like that half of my hometown. You wrote that with Kelsey Ballerini. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're, you're, and you said this, like you're, you're living that song now. Like you're not having to have half of your hometown. Like you're here, your heart's in your hometown. Like you're, and you're living that hometown mm-hmm. Friday night lights, like true nostalgia, but you're like, it's not just in your dreams. Like it really is playing out in real life form for you. It is. And you know what? I'm not the only one that has returned home. And I think, um, I think like my very best friend from all growing up, like we were matching like sweatshirts and sunglasses and we were always like twinning. She actually moved back here with her family as well. So like Friday night at the football game, like we're doing PTO events together. We threw like a little back to school bash together with other people as well, but she's the PTO president. It's like, so I (laughs) And are the best friendships stronger than ever? Yes, it's so, and it's just deeper because now our kids are all growing up together and having sleepovers, and we're going to all their sporting events, and it's like it's like the two girls that like were decorating for prom, like it never ended. Now we're like helping do classroom things, and it's it's really fun. But we sit, you know, Friday night we sat in the rain at the football game and just watched our girls just like run around and like cheering with the cheerleaders and. Like did you get, just did again, you get, yeah. Did you get like a moment? Oh, I get moments like this all day, every day, right now. And I know I'm probably in the honeymoon, the honeymoon phase, or maybe not. Maybe it's just like this is kind of my Disney World. But I just sat there and just thought, this is like you can't. You ask about the house. It's like the house is amazing. Yeah, we'll miss our big dream house, but I'd trade the dream house for the dream because mm. I really feel like this is the dream. Because I, that moment that you get sitting in the stands watching your kids run around completely safe and knowing everyone knows them and high fives them and asks some detailed questions about themselves because they're so known. I'm like, you can't fit that. There's no house big enough to fit all that in. And, um, you know. Have you written this song uh, <laughs> I'm I've probably written like four <laughs> versions of it, but maybe I'm sure there's going to be like a lot more small town songs in the works. So what is your day to day now? Like, what do you do? Like, cause before oh, yeah. in Nashville, you're like writing hardcore. You got a lot of big industry, hardcore, like executive top of the ladder, cool shit to do every day in Nashville. You're busy. <laughs> So like, yeah. what's happening now that you have peace and time mm-hmm. and you're on your own agenda and you're well, unavailable. I still have, um, I still have structure and I still have, it just looks a little different. Like I, um, you know, wake up and, and instead of waking up at like five 30 in the morning going, <gasps> I'm already running behind. <laughs> I wake up with the beautiful sunset and 
see them make eggs and the kids, I watch them ride their bikes down the street to school. It feels very cinematic. And then Stop. they ride I their go, bikes to school. Yes. And that still happens in a lot of places in this world. Um, and then I go over to like the little community wellness center and I brought my Pilates machine here and I put it over there. And so I do Pilates over there, but it's just so fun. It's just so different. And then I, you know, I'm still very much involved on all of the songs and daughters stuff with Lauren Watkins and Haley Witters. And so like yesterday, for instance, I had like two zoom meetings, like a marketing meeting and like a social, like a digital social meeting. And um, and then like I hit the grocery store and the post that like my favorite thing is that I can take our little, our little UTV, like the side by side, and you can basically drive a golf cart around this town. And I hit the downtown and I get my groceries and I go to the post office and I, you know, I, I see people, or I go to the coffee shop and it, you know, I can do all of that in like eight minutes. And, you know, I come cooking a lot of dinners and, you know, a lot of the social life here is around church and sports. And every night there's a sporting event to go to, whether that's a flag football game or our friends or kids are playing junior high football or high school football or volleyball. And it's it's strangely like it's just as full. It's just filled with different things um, and things that don't make my nervous system go, ah, (laughs) Um, but like, that's really the main difference. I'm, I'm working. I feel like just as much, I'm just working smarter and calmer and I've, and focused on like, on the things like I've gotten to talk to Lauren Watkins and Haley Witters more on the phone the last few months than I had did the first six months of this year, because I'm not going to every little event that Nashville has to, has to offer. And I'm really enjoying watching people that are 10 years younger than me go go to every event and be like, this is your time to do that, you know? And someday my kids are going to be in college and you're going to have kids my age and it might be my turn to be at all that stuff again um, because all this stuff is just seasonal. Tell me how you know the flow. Like, because I believe in that so much. Like, how do you know when it's time? What does your body tell you? What is your system say Mm. when it's time to go make that big move when it's time to do it what does the system say how does it communicate with you um a lot of ways um lack of sleep um whether that's just out of stress or like something's gnawing at me like waking me up because I'm not at peace like I pay attention when I'm not sleeping well um when happy hour just keeps getting earlier (laughs) I'm like why why you know why am I wanting to drink wine every day um and then I you know and why like how connected honestly too like how much I can remember from my day Mm. is like me like if I'm if I'm doing too much or if I'm stressed I'm a lot more disconnected and I don't remember as much and like I feel, I feel really like present right now with what's in front of me. And I haven't felt that way um, to this degree for a while. It's been more of just like next, next, next. Um, And there, and that there are times for that. Like I've like, I won't make, you know, I won't say that there's not like 
that's if you're building a company, if you're building a career, like there are times to grind. Um, also, like if I'm irritated, you know, if it's if I'm irritated, if I'm short with Rodney or the kids, it's it's like, okay, well, either you pack too much into this life. Or you're doing things that are not fueling you. They're just depleting you. Um, And I think that was a big eye-opener for me over the last few years is just realizing, like, I didn't have margin, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, like there are surprises that come, you know? Like, I remember this year on, I think it was Ford's birthday, a birthday cake got dropped. Like at the, on his birthday and, you know, like with a kid's birthday, like your real life is still happening, but you're also trying to execute, like making the most special day and a birthday cake got dropped and he was in tears. And I, it's like the moments like that, if you don't have anything left in the tank, you won't handle it correctly. Like I want to, like, I need to have enough margin to be able to be a healthy version of myself for everybody when those surprises happen, you know, so wise, like, Oh, I hadn't built in the margin for, Oh, maybe this kid needs extra help in reading at school. Okay. Well, that's going to be another 30 minutes every night. Do you have that? And also, do you have it with a joyful spirit? (laughs) I mean, like, um, and I still don't always, but it just was not sustainable for me to do all of the things that I was trying to do. And I could feel, I could feel the times that I was like, I'm probably going to implode at some point. Um, and it's, it just, all of those signs that I just talked about, um, like, I don't, I don't know. I just wake up and I'm excited for like really small things here that I'm like, Oh, I get to go to the post office today. I don't know why that brings me so much joy. Um, And it's probably because I've had a really, like, a really cool operational life where I had someone else going to the post office for me. And I wanted to take that part of my life back, but I'm definitely my favorite version of myself here. And and so I'm, I'm glad that my kids are getting that, that version of me, at least from here on out. Do you feel like it has something to do with being 40, turning 40? I know you're 39. Yeah. I just turned 40 and like something happened to me on a deep, deep level. Like I, Mm -hmm. well, it happens to me every decade. Like I feel like every decade I do a, um, examine what's going on with Mm -hmm. me. Like when I, like when I was 29 turning 30, I had struggled with like eating disorders. I was super insecure, all these things. And I was like, I'm not carrying that into my 30s. And so that's when I started therapy and started like clearing out the baggage from my 20s. When I was 30, I was like, I'm not going in with my 30s. Like, 30s have been great, but I'm not going in with the problems I've accumulated or the debris that I've accumulated. Like I'm clearing mm-hmm. that before I enter a new decade. And being a mom and, you know, entering into the back half of your life, I feel like I just something like profoundly happened to me at 40. Like, and I started prepping for 40 when I was 38. <laughs> Cause I was like, mm. I know it's coming. I want to be ready for this. I want to feel solid and strong, but I feel like you are like, so ready for 40 in the back half. It's like you prepped, like you took, you examined, you took inventory 
and you made the adjustments to create the life that your body and nervous system was communicating to you that you needed. Oh, well, you're so insightful because I had told my, um, my best friend Betsy this summer, like in confidence before we had really told many people the decision we were making, I was just crying, like releasing it, hearing myself say out loud really for the first time, like, this is what we're deciding to do. And I just said, I said, I want to be as wholesome as possible when I turn 40. I don't want to be reactive to turning 40 and say, okay, well, I'm 40 now. What do I, now what change do I need to make to make my 40? It's like, I want to already be, I want to be there. Why am I waiting? You know, and I'm, it's almost like, I feel like I'm setting the scene to wake up when I turn 40 and to feel like, oh, I could want for nothing more because I've, you know, it made me cry. Like, you set yourself up for it. You set yourself up for what you, so you don't have to have the big life meltdown at 40, the big freak out. You knew what could. I don't want to have to be editing my life. You know, you're constantly editing, but I don't want to have to do a huge renovation Mm. on myself. I want to literally wake up in the proverbial metaphorical house that I'm living in and go, I like it here, you know? Peace. Wake up in peace, which you're doing every day in Sterling, (laughs) Kansas, which was formerly known as peace. I know. Thank you, God. Ronnie's take on all of it. What's his take? I feel like he's just, what's his take on the album? What did he feel like when you guys Mm. started diving into y'all's love story and breaking it down and putting in these beautiful, romantic, but real, I mean, one of the songs is called prenup because once again, he had, he had the money and the success when y'all got married and you were a vision and a dream, but it hadn't come into its fruition yet. So, well, it was kind of funny because when we got married, like, you know, I'll just be honest, like he definitely had more than me, but he, you know, we were by no means rich and, um, you know, he had gone through a divorce and was really definitely like restructuring his life. And um, we joke that what what we brought into our marriage financially was probably more of a liability than an asset <laughs> from both of our ends. Um, it's like the line in there, like, like better keep digging if you're digging for gold because we're not there yet. Um, but Rodney, you know, Rodney, like through the writing of this, like I've always wanted him to make a record because he's one of the best voices in Nashville and he's just like such a true artist. Um, but he doesn't like the attention. And so I, I'm hoping that this is kind of a way to like get him warmed up to that idea. But we wrote, um, you know, it really, it didn't really start off like that. We just wrote five-year plan for the, for firstborn. And that was like the first song we had ever really written about us. And I was just like, can we do more of that please? And then the idea for second wife came. And so through the process, he was very much like, well, this is your, what do you want? This is your record, but I'm going to help you like him, write me writing the songs with him. Cause it's not a duets record, you know, it's definitely, it's my project, but it's writing it with him to show the side of myself that I really, that I don't show to many people, which is like the side of myself that I am when I'm with him. Um, and he, it's been cute though. Cause like he keeps kind of that personality that like, doesn't, He's obviously doesn't force anything, kind of acts like he doesn't care, real Texas cool. And but then he'll be like, So, uh, what's going on with our uh, record? Uh, how are we, uh, we're doing any interviews? 
uh, what's going on with that? Is it going to come out like on Spotify? <laughs> so he's, it's adorable. And I know he's really proud of it. And we had so much fun making it because we went to this place in Texas called Sonic Ranch. So cool. Um, and we gave ourselves five days and what the, what was done in five days was the project. Ooh, and, oh God, this is fun. You're just having fun with your career now. Aren't oh, you? it was just so fun. That's we took so Jim pressure. Robbins. You're like, the magic will be what it will be. We will catch it. And then we will move on. That is exciting. Well, isn't that kind of like what marriage is too? Like sometimes you just got to go like, it is what it is. Like you can dress certain things in in life up, like, but reality is it just is what it is sometimes. And I think we kind of went about this whole thing. Like we went to the farm two weekends and we're like, what songs we write? That's project. Like it is what it is. And what we got at Sonic Ranch was it is what it is. But we, I felt like he kind of came to life when we were down there. We were just like sipping bourbon, like wearing cowboy hats, like trying to knock out a whole record and or project in five days. And we took our producers were Jimmy Robbins and King Henry who did Firstborn. And we just videoed the whole thing. Um, Claire Shaper, who did all of the content for Firstborn, basically shot this docu-style series, basically music videos of all of the songs. And we just had... I don't know. I think we leaned into like it not being, we weren't trying to like change anybody's life. We were just trying to have fun, you know? And to write a true representation of your life. Yes. And he said like, you know, he, he said the other day, he was like, maybe we, he's like, we should go back down there. Like maybe once a year, we should just go like record a bunch of songs at Sonic Ranch. And I was like, okay so you're liking this okay you're kind of like letting me lead the way here and like put my face in front of it but maybe we should go make your record as sonic ranch okay so you have firstborn second wife what would the third be that's i know what it is you do i know what it is yeah it so you're gonna keep that locked up until you release it i'm sure to to be content to be announced so you have the third already Okay, I'm now going to just be on pins and needles for years waiting for this to come out. Hopefully you do it soon. Is it going to happen soonish? I I think I, I think I hope to. You know, I'm not getting any younger. I, you know, and also like I said earlier, it's like I want to get I want to make the next idea that I have a reality quickly or swiftly so that I can then see once I get that out, then something else will come into my heart and mind, or maybe it won't. And then I get to sit in that piece, which is like, okay, oh, I don't have to do anything. to do anything right now. Actually, I don't have that, to do anything. <laughs> that might be a relief. If the calling stop urgently knocking, then maybe you can just not have, because you got to answer them. You're one of those people that has to answer them. I feel the same way. I have not had the confidence that you've had in answering them, but I have always answered them. And I feel that same way when it's on my heart. It. I will, I've tried to ignore them, but it will like physically make me sick or like take me down to my knees mm-hmm. until I respond to the calling, which I feel like is God communicating. And that's the only guiding light that any of us really can follow because we all have a different journey and a different roadmap. And I feel like the only guidance is that, that calling, it really mm-hmm. is a calling and it just like consumes your existence until you answer it. So you got to give, but you got to give yourself credit for listening, like for, for not detaching from that. Cause it would be really easy to just like push that stuff down. You know, I, I feel feel like like you're a person that happy when they are, when they do, 
I feel I like that's and then my- they judge. Yeah. And then they judge you when you do your when you do you because they're because actually they didn't do mad. them. They're kind of mad at themselves because maybe they wanted to, and but they didn't feel like they had the ability or that they didn't have the resources or they didn't have the opportunity. But I truly believe everyone has what it takes in their life to make their callings come true or to push them forward. I really do believe that with my entire being because it's from God and God didn't put anything on our heart as an Mm. accident. And so if you have that on your heart, it, it will, there are ways to make it come to fruition. You just have to be brave and follow it and go for it. I feel like, do you feel that way? Yes. At least you gotta, you know, at least take the steering wheel and point the car in that direction. You're responsible. It doesn't have to go fast. Go fast, and you're not even. Res- I never even felt like the goal for me. I never felt like the goal was to make it as a songwriter. I only felt compelled to try. That was what I couldn't leave on the table was the trying, mm. and that's that's. I've now continued to apply that. Like now, it's like I'm only compelled to make this. I don't feel compelled to make it mass like a, a massive success or like that I, you can from, and I think that's confusing sometimes for people. Cause they're like, how do you feel about how firstborn did? And I'm like, are you kidding? I did it. I'm on top of the world. I'm like, so happy. I'm- you created the art to represent your life. That was the masterpiece that you needed for yourself. And so whatever anyone else does or takes from it is fine. But like, that was for your soul. Just like this yes. is for your soul. And I can feel that. And that's such a cool place to be in that you aren't a re- like, you know, your number one job isn't a recording artist. You know, it's like you don't have to have mm-hmm. a number one single to keep your career going, to keep the machine running. It's like you have so many legs to your stool. And so this is your talent and expression and creativity and soul and passion at its finest. And you're doing it for the actual reason that art should be created to create what is in your heart and to tell your story authentically. So what a moment to be able to be the talented person that you are to combine with your husband, who's also so talented to be able to write your story in such a poetic way that only a songwriter and craftsman can do to get it out there. I mean, what a, what a gift to yourself to allow yourself to do all that work and go inward and create it. I understand exactly what you're saying. Like you don't care what happens because what happens is you did it and you made it. Yeah. You made the treasure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. Well, Nicole, it's so exciting to see you here better than ever. Like such an inspiration that you are being led by your higher guidance. Always. You've always been led Mm -hmm. by that. You've always had the confidence to trust it. That is an example that we need to see. People need to see women, especially who are courageous enough to follow their soul and their calling and to do it. And it's not always easy. A lot of times people judge, people have opinions, but you've always done it anyway. And now like here you are 20 years later after sticking to your guns and following your heart. And once again, taking a move back to Sterling, Kansas and making a bold move to walk away from Nashville in the height of your glory as a songwriter and artist and producer and all the things. But it's not about any of that for you. It's about fulfilling your soul purpose. And that's so awesome that you are living that way and you're letting it, you are letting your life, 
you're letting yourself have the best life because you're letting your soul lead. And so many people don't have the balls to do that. And it's so inspiring to see you doing that. Thank you. And right back at you. You are glowing. Hey, thank you so much. You're doing what you're doing. I always wrap up with leave your light. So what do you want people to know? It's just super open-ended. That you can give yourself what you really want and that's okay. That's all. Love it. <laughs> Drop the mic on that. <laughs> Nicole, you're awesome. So this album, this comes out so, October 16th? 13th. 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 And that's your 16th wedding anniversary. Everything You're so like, yes. everything is so meaningful to you. Like you played the Grand Old Opry, like your 10th year in Nashville <laughs> or something, right? 20th, yeah. 20th. Like, I love that you're always, it's so meaningful. You are a meaningful soul. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me. So inspiring. And this is a beautiful work of art, this album that you've done about your marriage with Rodney. It's so cool. And thank Thank you you for sharing your gifts with us. Thank you. Right back at you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.